0: The Bible verse, what Michael was reading, and thank you, Michael, for reading it, uh, was on Hebrew 12, verse two. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I would like to stop here. We can read the rest. Looking unto Jesus. The title is Focusing on Jesus and not on the crisis. Uh, For a short introduction, I uh, just try to uh, summarize how many crises do we have in our lives? In every aspect of our lives we have experienced crises. yes? On our personal life, on our family lives, on our spiritual lives. We have crises, and we are going to see what Jesus was saying about the spiritual crisis, what we are facing and what we will face. We have religious crises, we have health crises. What is affecting the most? The health crisis, yes? And we can see that Jesus is not immune in the health crisis. He is helping and he is giving us the key and the way out from this crisis. We have economic crisis. We have political crisis. Just open your radio or whatever, you know, take your phone. You can see the crises that are surrounding us we can see the financial crisis banks collapsing our financial situation is in dire situation yes so how how is how jesus is looking at all this crisis how he's handling it what solutions he is giving us is very important what we have to emphasize that at the most critical life circumstances, we don't have to forget that we have an almighty God. We have an omnipotent God. We have a loving God who is not just looking at us, but he is helping in the crisis. He is interfering in our lives in our, you name it, any situation what we have. And he's ready to help. We can see that even the <clears throat> disciples, they had a situation when they want to ask Jesus about the end time events. And uh, seeing the end time events, they wanted to have an answer directly from Jesus. And interestingly enough, uh, Jesus, instead of replying with uh, events, he is saying, don't be deceived. And this don't be deceived in Matthew 24, chapter 24, is repeated three times. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived because great signs and wonders could deceive even the, the elect. Besides the warnings about the deception, Christ mentioned crises. He mentioned crises uh, prior to His coming. And He was mentioning about the wars, earthquakes, persecution, many apostasies, abomination of Daniel, so on, so on. And finally, finally, after all this, Christ talked uh, to them about the counterfeit Christ, who powerfully deceives people and robs them of salvation. And as the crowning act in the great drama of deception, Satan himself will personate Christ. So the greatest crisis precedes precedes the true second advent. Christ was saying, do not be captivated by a counterfeit Christ on earth. Look to the biblical Christ and avoid the great crisis. How we can avoid the great crisis, the counterfeit coming of Jesus as Satan wants to present it? Uh, The interesting part is that, looking at the $100 bill, a counterfeit bill, how you can uh, um, see what is the distinctive sign, and to be able to differentiate between a fake $100 bill and a counterfeit. $100 bill and the real one, the original one. How we can do it? Knowing the original. And this is what the bank is telling us. You have to know the original, the real $100 bill. You have to be familiar, you have to know the characteristics of a original bill. You have to know the details. The importance is in details. Well, if this is in the financial situation, how much more for a spiritual life we have to know Christ? Look at the biblical Christ, the original Christ, the divine Christ. Look at the loving Christ and do not be captivated by the fake, counterfeit Christ. You have to know him. You have to be accustomed to him. How we know this? Who said that, that knowing me, you will have eternal life? Jesus himself, on John chapter 17, verse three, he's saying, and this is eternal life that may know the true God and Jesus Christ whom you whom you have sent. Such a privilege what we have, human beings, such an opportunity for us to know Jesus, to know God. Is not strange to hear this for a Seventh-day Adventist, who is for decades already serving God, we are talking about God, we are talking about Jesus Christ, and now Jesus to come to you and to say, this is the eternal life that you may know. The true God and whom he sent, Jesus Christ, is a privilege. Just look at the interpersonal relations if you know something about somebody how you feel you know some secrets about that person you feel more confident with that person knowing so many details about him this is how the friendships they are based and based on knowing each other look at the marriage between the spouses what is the most important For a woman and for a man. To love each other and to know each other. Well, much more. Think about that to know the eternal God. To know the creator. Who created us in such a wonderful and in such a beautiful manner. Knowing him. And he's asking us. Know me. And what will be the results of this knowing? Will be a true love, will be a serious relationship, will be a friendship in between us, and finally, we are going to have eternal life. Brethren, it's not 110 years old life. Sometimes we hear, oh wow, somebody is 110, such a wonderful age. May God bless them. But can you imagine to live forever with your Savior who loves you? Well, it depends on you. Depends on me. What is my relationship? How far I got into knowing Jesus. Look to Christ and not to the crisis. Today we are going to hear in this very short sermon, I want to keep it short, because somebody was saying 10 minutes they are for the heart, 10 minutes they are for the ears, and 10 minutes they are for the walls. <laughs> we try to focus and to put, you know, this message in these 20 minutes. And that's why I emphasize this idea, look to Christ, not to the crisis. Looking to Christ, not to the crisis, is a timeless principle. It's a timeless formula in the scripture. Not only the ungodly people, but God's chosen people, they go to the crisis. They have difficulties in life. They have problems, they have sickness. They have needs which forms, at the personal level, a personal crisis in our lives. And nobody is immune of this or from this. Somehow we are facing it. Just think about it. Just look deep into your heart. We think that being Christians or being God's people. We are immune, Nobody gonna touch us. No situations will deter us, or trying to deter us from Christ. But this is the truth, and we can see in the Bible. We can see in 2 Chronicles 20 verse two, when God's people were in the land of promise, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Ma- the Maonites came to make war against Jehoshaphat and against Judah. It was an impossible situation for them. A very dangerous situation. And uh, the enemy made up a vast, vast army and alarmed Jehoshaphat the king, sought the Lord in prayer and fasting, in verse 12. Our God, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. So what they did? Being the chosen people, being God's people, they realized that they They got to a a very, very difficult edge of their lives. The enemy was surrounding them. What are they going to do? It's a vast army. And what they did? The king prayed to the Lord. And he said that our eyes are upon you, O Lord. They were expecting something from God. They knew God. And they knew that only God can help them in this situation. The king looked to the pre-incarnate Christ and not to the crisis. He saw the situation and he refugee himself and God's people under the wings of the Lord. And, Great was the victory. I don't want to spend time elaborating how they escape, but great was the victory. And this is only one example in the Old Testament. Let's see other example, also from the Old Testament, when the Egyptian army in Exodus chapter 14 verse 10 was behind them and the Red Sea in front of them can you imagine this situation? Just think about that. you are right there at that, facing that, that situation. Just think about that. And the Red Army is behind them. Uh, the Red Sea in front of them, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, they were behind them. And no way out was a impossible. Humanly speaking, they faced annihilation. They faced certain death. It was a crisis. Life or death. Crisis. They were terrified. And we can read in Exodus 14, verse 10. They cried out to the Lord. When we are going through almost impossible situations. When we face, when we experience, so to speak, certain annihilation is no escape. Being in any level, personal, familiar, financial, you name it. What we have to do. Why we put this title today, focus on Christ and not on the crisis. Focus on Christ and look what Moses said. Moses answered to the people, do not be afraid, stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians, you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. Such a wonderful thought. The Lord is going to fight for you. You need only to be worried, yes? You need only to be still. What stays behind the stillness? What is the base of their stillness? They do nothing. Faith. They have a huge faith in God. They know, they knew God. And they knew very well, they had previous experience with God. And they knew that the escape, the only one who can help them in that situation is god Amen. they were focused on christ and not on the crisis just think about you if you are there just think about in today's on 21st century that you face is such a dire situation when you don't have way out when you Now very well that you cannot escape from that situation. Where is your refugee? What is your first step, what you are taking in this particular situation? Jehoshaphat, Moses, their eyes, they were lifted up to the Calvary. Their eyes, they were lifted to Christ with whom they had a wonderful personal experience prior. The, while the only greatest contemporary military opposed God's people at the Red Sea, Nearly, nearly the entire world will be against God's people in the end time. So, if the contemporary military was, you know, with the Egyptian army behind them, at the end of the time, in Revelation chapter three, Jesus is saying that the whole world will be against God's people. How are we going to escape? What will be our practical, tactical step? What we gonna do? Looking at Jesus, focusing on him. Even if we lose popularity, even if we are not politically correct for all the people outside, but for us, The only one solution is looking to Christ, focusing on him. And the results will be beautiful. What happened when God's people, they were um, praying to God, when they lifted their eyes to God? It is so wonderful. God's angel, they went behind them and the pillar of cloud went behind the chosen people. And they were shielding them. They were helping them to escape that situation. It is so wonderful to have a, such a loving God in the need He is in action. In your crisis, in my crisis, God is in action. He sends his angels and he sends his representatives to help you. Jesus himself is right there, next to you, in every single personal crisis. Let's see the New Testament. We have example in the New Testament. When it was somebody in crisis, we have many, many situations. Let's say, and let's um, bring up only Peter. Peter is on the sea. He sees the big waves. And he sees somebody coming towards them on the sea. And what they are saying? Wow, it's a ghost. And Jesus said, be still. I am... Don't be afraid. And what Peter said on that situation, Jesus, if it is you, please help me to go to you. And what Jesus said? Come. And what Peter did. And what is, just focus now on the, on the real situation in which Peter had a crisis, a spiritual crisis. Wow, what's gonna happen with us now? We are alone, and the ghost. And Jesus said, No, I am. Peter steps out, and what he's doing? He is looking on Jesus' eyes. He's looking at Jesus, he's focusing on Jesus. And what happens with Peter? He doesn't take his eyes off of Jesus. And he's abolishing the physics of law. And his life is not in danger because he's looking at Jesus, focusing on him. We cannot emphasize enough for a Christian, for a Seventh-day Adventist, to focus on Jesus as Peter did. For how long he was looking at Jesus? Or let's put it in a different way, the question. For how long he was walking on the water? As long as he was looking at Jesus. In our lives, the answer is the same. For how long we can survive? For how long we can get through the crisis? For how long? For as long as we are looking at Jesus. The thief in the night crisis. Now let's fast forward to the end time. Christ said that the end of the world would come when the gospel is preached to the whole world. Matthew twenty four fourteen but it still be a complete surprise like at the flood when it came upon the earth. Christ therefore urged, keep watch, be ready, because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. Matthew 24, verse 44. But let's put that question, how come a seven-day Adventist experience the thief in the night crisis at the second coming. How is possible? The Bible history responds to this question, and we have the answer from the Bible. How you and me can be surprised by coming of the Lord? How is possible? We know everything. Jesus presented the events. We know what has to come, the Sunday law so on, I don't want to take the time. But how is it possible for you and me to be surprised? Look at Noah. Jesus was saying that as it was in the days of Noah, will be the same at the coming of the Son of Man. So what happened with Noah and what happened on that time? How come they were surprised? Noah was preaching for 120 years that God is going to destroy this earth. 120 years, just think about that. Not 120 days, not four months, not three months. For one full generation he was preaching. The antediluvian people would be able to explain in details how it happened. Noah was preaching the gospel. Everybody knew him, they knew his gospel, but they ignored the warnings. They ignored it. They were surprised by God's action and the word destruction. I like one quotation, and this really changes my my whole perspective of Christianity. And the quotation is following. Preach the gospel, if is necessary, with words. If is necessary, preach the gospel. What Noah did, he was in action, not with words. But he was presenting the warnings through his work, through the ark. Everybody saw the ark. Everybody was laughing on him. It was a ridicule for Noah. But he was not deterred. Maybe for you and for me it's a ridicule if somebody is saying, oh, and you are still believing that Jesus is coming? You are still believing that? Just look at the, so many generations they passed by already. Nothing happens. Everything is just going and nothing happens. How come you believe for a seven day Adventist? How is it possible to be surprised when he is coming? Well, as it was in Noah's time, we'll be the same at Jesus' second coming. People, they know us. They heard about so many preachings about (laughs) Jesus' second coming. And they got accustomed. Is no new news for them. But we have to have our action. We have to focus on Christ. We have to give them example as Noah did. He was preaching, not with words. Preach the gospel, if it's necessary, even with words. In other words, the words doesn't make any sense sometimes. Your action, what you are practicing, your religion in action. What example are you giving? How God's love is reflected on your own personal life? Being in the family? Being in the church? Being at the workplace? What is your example? Are you doing it as nobody? for 120 years. There are two comings and the end of the end times. The coming of the latter rain. In Hosea 6, chapter 6, verse 3. He shall come unto us as a latter rain. And the second coming is the coming of Christ. First Thessalonians chapter three, verse 23. And the the God of peace sanctify you, your whole body, your whole soul, your whole spirit for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, just as Christ comes a second time, the coming Pentecost is the second coming of the Holy Spirit. Preparation for the coming of the Holy Spirit is the most important need for us today. I repeat, the preparation for the coming of the Holy Spirit, it is the most important for us. That's why the calling for revival and reformation Without the revival and reformation, we cannot focus on Christ. Our attention is taken away from Christ. Being Seventh-day Adventist, being Christian for so long, we can lose focus. We can lose our Savior. And we think that we are okay. We must be ready to be sealed by the Holy Spirit in order to be ready for Christ's second advent. We must to be sealed by the Holy Spirit. How we can avoid the thief in the night? Crisis. Christ spoke to the ten virgins representing those who believed in the second coming. Five of them locked Oil in Matthew 25, verse 1 to 4. The foolish virgins were superficial, unprepared, and left out of heaven. I know you know very well the ten virgins parable. But just focus now where we can be foolish Christians. Foolish virgins who know only the true God but we can follow the foolish virgins. They were unaware of their crisis. They were not looking to Christ. For a while they were satisfied with their state. After all, they were virgins and waiting for the bridegroom. They were in the right place. They did the right thing. But something was missing they were satisfied with only a little of God's oil when they really needed much. Little or much. And that made the whole difference. That made the readiness to happen in their lives. They still had a flickering flame for a very short period of time. I see myself sometimes in this situation of foolish virgin. I am a little, I'm satisfied, I feel good. I'm coming every Sabbath, I'm here, I'm in the right place, I'm waiting for the bridegroom. There's nothing better than this, no? And still something is missing. And who is saying that something is missing? Jesus himself. But their lamps had gone out, Matthew 28 verse eight. They were not candidates for sealing. They had the knowledge. They knew that the bridegroom is coming. They were waiting. But they were not prepared with the Holy Spirit. Spiritually, the uh, the Holy Spirit, if he's missing, we are not candidates to be sealed by God. The Holy Spirit. Who can make us focus, who can help us doing the right thing at the right moment, at the crisis, who can do that? The Holy Spirit prepares us. spiritually, the anti-Christians have a form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. Second Timothy 3, verse, verses 1 to 5. E.G. White defines the ceiling as the following. A settling into the truth, both intellectually and spiritually, and they cannot be moved. Let's repeat one more time. The settling, settling in the truth, both intellectually, the knowledge, and spiritually, the experience, what they gain. So they cannot be moved. They would not be moved. We cannot be moved if spiritually and uh, knowledge and intellectually we are prepared. And what will be the result? We cannot be moved practically. Practically, we will be standing firm. So the ceiling involves a deep study and a love for the truth. In John fourteen verse six, Jesus said to Thomas, "I am the way, I am the truth, and." I am the life. So what is so important? The ceiling to take place, we need the outpouring of the latter rain. We have the need of the latter rain more than ever. The latter rain can prepare us spiritually, can prepare us physically, can prepare us practically to this. Second Coming. Without the seal or without the letter of the Holy Spirit, no one can survive the times of trouble. But the good news is that all who are sealed, their life practically is saved. When the groom comes, the bridegroom is coming, If we have the latter rain, if we have the Holy Spirit, we can expect that the bridegroom is asking us, come to me, to be be with me forever. Just come into my father's house, into my father's kingdom. Looking to Christ and not to the crisis means having the knowledge and experience with God. And this dual gift, it makes us hidden away in Christ. Jesus said, come to me all you are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. You tell me what we need the most. We need to come to Jesus. And what will be the, the, the results in our spiritual life coming to Jesus? Jesus will give us rest. Will give us peace. Will give us happiness. And will give us that experience having with Jesus. But coming to him is not enough. Maybe this surprises you. It's not enough just to come to Jesus. After so many evangelistic meetings, you know the pastor is asking now if you feel, just come up front here, give your life to Jesus. And it's very good, it's wonderful. And there's no more happiness when we see so many people, 10, 20, 30, hundreds of people coming to Jesus. But it is not enough just to come to Jesus. How do we know that? We need to remain. We need to stay. We need to abide in him. John 15 verse 4. Jesus himself is saying this. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And just look at this, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask you, you well, whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. A short experience, I was in my old country and somebody was talking to me, he's 88 year young brother, and he said that the COVID pandemic He was taken to the hospital with shortness of breath. All the symptoms. All the symptoms. And he knew very well. At 88, nobody's going to give him too much attention. So he clinged to this Bible verse. Ask that it shall be given to you. Just remain in me and I will remain in you. And he was praying, oh God, please, do a miracle. Do something, because if not, I'm in crisis. I'm going to die. They will not put me on the ventilator, or even if they are going to put me, it will be a very short time. So he was praying. And this brother, with happiness on his face, he said, Eugene. I had a life and that experience with Jesus. And praying to Jesus, I did not take off my eyes from Him. I believe that He's going to help me. (laughs) The nurse came back, they put again, they tried again, what's happening with this 88 years fellow and no sign of problem, no sign of shortness of breath. The air was sufficient, and they asked, why you are here? How come that they brought, him, uh, brought you in here in the, to the hospital? And he said, well, I had a problem, but I don't have any more. Life and death crisis, health crisis, you and me. We can have the same experience with God. Looking, keep looking to Christ. Why we have to look at Christ? Why? I'm going to give only two answers. If we want to spend eternity with Christ, we need to spend time with Him each day now. If we are not looking to Christ, we cannot spend a minute with Him. We are not interested. It's not a fun thing for us, you know, to be with Christ every day. But if we are interested in Christ and we want to spend eternity with Him, well, we have to spend time each day now. If we do this, we will grow so deeply in love with Him that nothing, no crisis will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I want to put in your, uh, to your attention the following quotation. The soul that has given himself to Christ is more precious in his sight than the whole world. The Savior would have passed through the agony of Calvary that one might be saved in His kingdom. One may be saved in His kingdom. And that one can be you, can be me, can be anybody. Jesus would give His life for you and for me. He loved, He loves, and He will love you. For one person, He would be able to put His life. And to end his life. And just follow the following continuation of the quotation. He will never abandon one for whom he has died. He will never abandon. And this is desire of ages. Page 480 and 483. So in conclusion in conclusion, what we can, how we can Get to that spiritual level to focus, to be ready, to be sealed. Beholding, we came changed. You and me, we need this experience. We need to be changed. But how? We cannot do it by ourselves. We cannot help ourselves. But beholding, 2 Corinthians 3:18. 2 Corinthians 3.18. But beholding, we will be changed. Dwell upon the love of Christ. And we are being transformed. This is this experience is what we need. If we want to be ready, if we want to focus on Christ. And don't forget the Bible verse, what we read at the beginning, Hebrews 12, verse 2. Focus on Christ. Focus on Him. And your life will be changed. Look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I'm going to end with... Moses is, uh what, what he said to, to, the, uh, to God's people. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid because of them or to the coming crisis for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. let God help us to have this spiritual experience with him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.